TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and gee whiz everybody, I can't believe it, it's another birthday episode because as we record this, the great Damien Christoph is about to turn 84, hold on, I mean 48, DJK, happy birthday, 48 Not Out. Not not today. That's two no, days. Know, two days time as we as we record this. But thank you. We might as well. You know, that's kind of like saying I'm on I'm on ninety five and I'm going to make a hundred. But I thank you, Piercy. No it's great to be here. And you know, let's just keep on. I always remember this this time of the year as I am about to do a podcast, a hundred not out. Um, I'm reminded of how fearful I was. The forties approaching. I'm not fearful of the fifties approaching. I have to tell you. Oh, that's uh, so I'm good. actually okay with it. I love to hear uh, that. I think people will love to hear that. Yeah. It's It's so interesting. It's so interesting. I feel better now. I'm in a better place now at 48 than what I was at 38. I have to tell you that. Wow. That's very interesting. Jackson was 11. Jackson was 11 and now he's 21. Now he's 21. And there's, this is this is kind of the cornerstone of our conversation today. It's about birthdays um, and it's also about how topsy-turvy, upside-downy so many things are. Um, yes. So you are about to celebrate your 48th birthday, but uh, you are actually pretty much going to your son's 21st birthday party for your 48th yes. birthday. <laughs> Can you tell people <laughs> watching and listening that might be a bit head-scratchy and confused what uh, we mean by that? So as you might know, the first day of spring, September the 1st, uh, is always a sunny day in Melbourne. It's always beautiful. It's always been a sunny day since Jackson was born. I've always found that. And so, and I used to say to my grandma, because she was also on the 1st of September, I'd say, Grandma, since Jackson's been born, every 1st of September has been sunny. You know, wish her a happy birthday. And then, and it was. It's always been sunny, at least at some point in the day. But I always say, I always say that it's, you know, it's sunny. Um. This year, it was a beautiful day on the 1st of September, but we were in lockdown, so we couldn't um, celebrate Jackson's birthday party. Uh, we're in lockdown, and I, don't, I won't get political about it, uh, but we were in lockdown, and the first opportunity to be able to have a party for Jackson where we could sort of predict that there would be no um, restrictions, that we'd be able to go and have some drinks and have a dance floor and all that sort of stuff, we kind of forecast out the 20th of November being a Saturday. Um, and uh, and so Jackson's 21st birthday party is going to be this Saturday, the 20th. And um, and I couldn't be more delighted. Like it's it's a really exciting birthday for me. Pete, you're right, 21st birthday, you're going to cry. I'll tell you, I get emotional at Jackson's parties and he's asked me to do a speech. Oh, you're going to crumble. You are going to crumble. Oh, I know. I'm a bit of a sook. I am a sook, but I don't mind being a sook. Um, I've always been a bit of a snag in that regard. So I think that um, I will have notes prepared. I won't do it off the cuff. Um, I've always done things off the cuff, but I'll have notes prepared. And I'll only think of happy times because if I think of other anything else, 
like inspirational times that'll bring me to snot if i have a uh if if i'm thinking about a sad time where i moved to new zealand that'll bring me to snot like there's all that sort of stuff i'd so i've got to make sure that i do this right but <laughs> i want to you know take this moment piercy because without you this last nine years of my life would have been very very different um, and I, I don't think I would have coped as well with this last nine years if it wasn't for 100 Not Out. And it's given me a lot of perspective on reaching officially middle age, which would be 50. Um, you know, as I approach middle age, I think that um, I've got a different perspective. And it's because you made me do this podcast. So. <laughs> I asked you if you'd like to do it with me, and you said yes. <laughs> but I, well, let, let's put it some mayo on it. I made you do it, I bolted you to you the made microphone. Me do it. Yeah. yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it? Like, um, this is the the world we're in at the moment. And you know, before we hit record, I was letting you know that again as we record this, my family is coming up um, next week in about a week tomorrow for for what was my fortieth in August. And when that got cancelled, it was like, oh well, let's just pick a date. A bit like what you were saying about forecasting the future, surely. Surely we'll all be able to catch up in late November, but we really have had no idea. But we're all kind of putting the surely hat on. And and lo and behold, uh, again, I'm not going to believe it until I see them coming off the plane at uh, Ballina Airport, but but yeah. it's going to happen. Haven't told the kids. I'm not going to tell the kids literally until we're at the airport. No, no, they are. Well, hello, are they the beautiful kids that don't listen. Um, and... and because I still, I mean, I'm so optimistic, but I'm not going to believe it until it happens. But what we were saying before we hit record was that everything is very topsy-turvy. You said, oh, you can celebrate your birthday anytime. And I said, well, I don't really see this this trip as as my belated 40th. It's more like kids that haven't seen each other, like cousins that haven't seen each other. Many of them, all of them have never met Spencer. We haven't met my sister George's youngest uh, son, Jack. Um, there's so much like, it's almost that reminder of, oh, yeah, this has been almost two years of not being able to see families if we've particularly lived interstate. And that is absolutely mind-blowing. And so my question to you and question to everyone else is, you know, you've got boxes all around you at the moment. I've got boxes all around me at the moment. We've got birthdays being celebrated two, three, four months. Some are going to be, you know, um, 12, 18 months after the original time. Does it feel for you a little bit, um, non-grounded. I don't even know what the opposite of that word is. Like we're all kind of just whoa. Um, but particularly when you come to a birthday, um, yeah. How does it feel in terms of? I know I've kind of add that in with moving house and celebrating a twenty-first three months after the fact. But does it feel a bit whirlwindy for you? I'll tell you what feels whirlwindy is moving house. That <laughs> definitely makes you feel whirlwindy. Yeah. Let me tell you that. I've had board meetings, staff away, um, friends on, that I'm looking after their practice, birthdays, yeah. Amber's birthday, mum's birthday, a party, you know, three and a half hours away from mum's birthday. All of these things kind of feel whirlwindy and it kind of maybe it feels more whirlwindy because as things open up here in Victoria, we're able to go and do more things. So we're trying to pack our days so full right now, fuller than the shopping cart on 50% off day at Coles. Like, it's, like, so full right now. It's unbelievable. So, PC, have you Sorry, just, just as you were talking, I want to know if this is yes. true. Is it true yes. with, with, with everything you just said that if yep. people thought there was a drinking problem with people when everyone went into lockdown, 
now, given that we know that alcohol is a very social drink, there might be some people that are actually recognizing that they genuinely have a drinking problem because they are now being able to socialize with their friends and their colleagues in the flesh and they realize that maybe they drink a little bit more uh, aggressively than they used to, particularly when they've got friends around them now. And they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, maybe it's very brutal that, you know, oh my gosh, I have not developed some habits, but I'm a little bit of a caged animal now that I'm like playing catch up, whether it's, you know, I'm playing social catch up. And like, what do you just say? It's like the 50% off. I'm like, I'm trying to pack more in, in the same amount of time yeah. um, in, yeah. in many elements yeah. of life. Yeah. Yeah. I think the question was, uh, more people becoming aware of them being drinkers. Was that the original? Oh, question? just more, just more an aggression <laughs> yes. in, um, yeah, I know. Sorry. I'm a bit excited by this conversation. It was a long one. It was a long question. I do know. It's a bit, can I just say there's a couple of things yeah. I want to get back to and I will come back to that in a second. Summer daily. Let me just tell you this. <laughs> if I'm aiming for a hundred, 50 is half of 100. Middle age is what you aim for, right? So I am not even 50. I'm 48. That makes it 96, which is be, that'd be, where I would be if I finished up at twice my age right now and I'm aiming for 100, so I'm not even at middle age yet. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah, and Summer, Summer. you're not most people. When you say most people live to 70 and 90, anyone listening to yep. this podcast, you automatically enter the and realm of not most people. Let me tell you this, Summer. Going from 70, which is just a C, through to 90, which is an A, like there's a big difference between those two years and I'm aiming for a hundred. So it. I'm not even there. So come on, Summer, <laughs> level up, level up. And <laughs> let me just say, now um, what I have noticed is that people when they go out these days at the moment, they're a lot more piss fit, you'd have to say. <laughs> and I think that <laughs> is probably a, uh, a sign that people have been drinking a bit more. <laughs> people have yeah. been drinking a little bit more than what they thought. I don't drink. Maybe I have, you know, a couple of nights. And so people are definitely, um, they're definitely ready to rock and roll and go a little bit harder. So you could be right there, PC. People are starting to recognize that, yeah, alcohol has become part of the lifestyle a bit more. Maybe it's numbed the pain a bit. Certainly here in Victoria, it's numbed the pain. I wonder uh, what Amber this 21st definitely... might be like then. <laughs> going to be expensive, I can tell you, because everyone can drink right now, you know? So it's unbelievable. Oh, oh, it's dear. unbelievable. So um, L, L is here, and I want to say go to Big L. It's great to have you here, Alistair Mills. Um, really nice to hear. I moved 13 times since I've moved back to Australia. Um, and so I moved back to Australia 13 years ago, and I've moved 13 times. So... Um, <laughs> And that doesn't take into consideration how many other times I've moved. And so Jackson's actually claim to fame is that we've moved so many times. Uh, he's moved more times than years he's been alive for. At one point, that was the case. So oh, yeah. Pretty crazy, pretty crazy. So I do get it. But uh, it is really interesting um, that some people, and like Pete just says here, that he has just stopped drinking. He doesn't know why, but it just has happened. Um, I've also found that, you know, we're now drinking less. Um, as a, I, don't know, I think we just kind of worked out that we were drinking too much. I think, um, you know, the gin would come home, or I'd come home because Amber's been, you know, stuck in the office every single day. I'd come home from practice and she'd say, do you want a gin? I'm like, all right. And, you know, so then you'd have a gin and um, and all of a sudden you've emptied that bottle. And so like, oh, I better go to the shop and get another gin. Get another bottle of gin. Huh? Like, can you pick up? This brand next time, I really liked that one last time, you know, and you kind of go, oh, my gosh, we've, we've been drinking a little bit too much. So I think um, 
I think it's one of those things that it, it does definitely sneak in. And birthdays are one of those classic times. So today I was saying to a mate of mine, you know, actually to my cousin Brent because he's coming over for um, birthday dinner. And he said, so Cooper's Red, um, Bottle of Grange and something else is what his order was for the for the birthday. <laughs> I'm like, mate, you're dreaming. <laughs> Maybe the Cooper's Red, I'll get you six. But that, you know, so – People are putting in big orders for alcohol at the moment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big orders. <laughs> it's a fitness. It's a fitness. Yeah. Um, so back to birthdays. Given that you are about to celebrate your son's twenty-first, uh, and and it's almost romantic that you're about to do it the day after your forty-eighth. Is that is that more the reflection? Like your son's twenty-one, you go, "Well, I'm forty-eight. Okay." Um, it's not actually so much about – do you find it's not – like you're kind of being swept up in the fact that you'll be doing a um, uh, a speech for Jackson the day after your birthday. So it's almost like an audit. It's like an audit with a bit more, isn't it, when you're – because you, you start reflecting and you start thinking about like, what am I going to talk about? And well, like you said, you're not going to go in just off the cuff this time, um, which you'd be doing if it wasn't your birthday the day before as well. But it's also a bit of – as I said, it's just a bit of an addition – to that, do you look at uh, like you said, you know, ten years, um, and you definitely feel way better about your life now. Do you know, like, what are the major things? You know, if you were to talk at that birthday on on Monday night, uh, on Saturday night, and go, look, you know, there's probably people in here that think thirty is old. You know, um, what do you think is the difference in that either headspace, belief system, lifestyle that? creates that more empowered view at 48 versus 38 you know um when people talk about um comparing the smiths and the joneses you know the smiths and the joneses and even without realizing it i think we most people actually do it you know there's someone they compare where they might be in their life they might um they, they might think oh if only i made this decision then this might have happened it's the ifs and buts or the you know the should-haves and the could-haves, all of those sorts of things. I think in the lead-up to me approaching 40, I thought I'd be in a different place. Like I thought I would be – I would have achieved different things. And, you know, let's not – I've had a great life so far. Like everything's been great. I've achieved lots of different things. But I thought I would have had done different things, you know. Mm-hmm. So and, – and maybe that's a sliding doors thing or the path that I took or – me deciding to study more than my mates, but most of my mates were back in the workforce ten years earlier than what I was. So at my, you know, at you know, when you talk about age equivalent, so I kind of felt a long way behind, and I felt like I needed to do lots of catch up. Um, and at times, I felt like I was running on the spot, you know, like I was on a treadmill and it was on four hundred, um, and I was just sprinting and kind of getting nowhere. So now that I realise. I mean, life is short. And I look at my mum who's just turned 70. Happy birthday, mum. And she said, life is fast, she said to me the other day when I was on the phone with her. Um, And I also look back and I go, well, Jackson's now 21. I go, oh, my gosh, where did that time go? And I remember people saying, mum saying, oh, my gosh, where did that time go? Now I'm a grandmother. My mum was a grandmother at 48 or 49 or something like that, you know. So, like, she she was having her first grandchild at the same age as what I am now, Jackson. Do not do that. So, uh, so now what I see is that there's a lot of time, a lot of space, 
but I've also found a lot of enjoyment. So I'm not just doing things for the Smiths and the Joneses. Like I'm not just trying to do stuff for the sake of what my expectations of my life are going to be. I'm now doing things purposefully because I really enjoy golf and I really enjoy podcasting and I love practicing, um, you know, being a chiropractor. Uh, and I'm really enjoying having a responsibility on the board of the Australian Chiro Association. Like, you know, I'm, I feel like everything that I'm kind of doing at the moment, I, I'm really enjoying. There's nothing that I'm not enjoying. And as a result of that, it makes me, I suppose, more appreciative of the years that I'm and the days and the hours and minutes that I'm putting into my life. So I think that's probably what's bringing me a bit more ease around it. There's less urgency. And I'm certainly not comparing myself um, and benchmarking my progress in life with anybody else yeah. anymore. Like I used to do that a lot more. And, you know, these days probably I might go, oh, they've got really nice floorboards. We should put those in our house. Um, like I do that sort of thing, but I'm not, I don't wish for anything more than what I've got. Yeah, it sounds to me like you've crossed a bridge from achievement to fulfillment. Like most people in life are always just gunning to achieve stuff and then we compare yeah. our achievements to others. But you've yes. crafted a life, let's say particularly over the last 10 years, where it's measured more on fulfillment, like golf fulfills you, practicing fulfills you, being on the ACA fulfills you, spending time with your family fulfills you. Like it, it sounds to me they're not – and, and yes, you could also um, call them achievements, but it's actually about like I think you said the word enjoyment. It's actually how much you followed your bliss in terms of does that bring me joy? Yes, then I'll do more of it. You mentioned podcasting. Um, you know, which I said to someone the other day, they were asking advice on whether they should get an audit done on their podcast. And I said, look, you could, mm-hmm. uh, and you could pay all of this money. You could pay five grand and someone could tell you to get a fancy logo and do this and do that. I said, but let's just look at 100 not out. You know, when there's not COVID and everything, we do this. We travel uh, to Europe once a year together with a group of people. It's like two mates almost like going on a holiday together, but we add a lot of deep and meaningfuls to it and we organize yep. it and the rest. And yeah, we could go bananas and we could go from 1 million downloads to 1 billion if we really, really wanted to because we think we're pretty good at this. But would it bring us any more fulfillment? Probably not. We actually like doing it. Um, you know, it's all about, you know, you could achieve more, but you may be fulfilled less. And I think yeah. that, you know, that sounds like you've mastered that in that 10-year bracket, which I think gives a lot of people confidence. It's like particularly if people are listening or watching right now going, Oh, shiver, yeah, I'm judging my life by achievement and the achievement of others and I'm comparing those achievements versus fulfillment where some people might be achieving more than you but they might be a lot more less they might be a lot less fulfilled. Perfect example is money. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. yeah. You know, people there could be but people out there that yeah, go on. That that could be what they want to do too, you know, like they, they still may choose to to do that sort of stuff, which I you know, I think is is, is really cool and admirable and I see people busting their guts and that's where they do get fulfillment and maybe that's where they drive or derive happiness from. Um, Correct. And that's, that's totally it. fine. And that, like I you said, am, and that's um, what fulfillment is, just defining whatever it is for you, whether it's 100-hour yeah. weeks or 20-hour weeks. Yeah, what do you define success as? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Now, PC, when as, you know, and I don't want to um, trivialize this conversation because it's great like i'm really enjoying this conversation and alistair is also enjoying it which is great and michelle sent us you know really i think that's a little love heart with a party hat uh so i think people are really enjoying this conversation what i'd love to know is because i recall where i was in the lead up to 40 i know you had a lot of disappointment around not having your birthday party at 40 there was a lot of disappointment around that 
how, how were you feeling in the lead up to 40? Did you have any of the fear and trepidation that I have? Did you had did you kind of think, oh my gosh, is this it? Is this as good as it gets for me? Or I know you were building a house, which was a very exciting thing to have achieved at your age to have built your own home by 40, which is amazing. Congratulations, PS, Thank by you. the way. Thank you. Um, I, but how were you feeling in the lead up to your 40th? And, and, do you see any parallels, like with where I, I feel where I was like going through? Well, if you thank me for bringing, for coming on this journey, then I feel like the greatest gift that that I got out of you saying yes is being able to say no. I didn't feel any of those feelings turning forty because I feel like, like I've said to you many times in our friendship, like you helped me, you helped me cut out years of. Um, so you, you help me. You help me uh, save time. Is not the word. What is it like? People say shorten the learning curve. That's what you help me do, because you've kind of tra- uh, blazed that blazed that trail. Um, and by coming on this adventure together, no, the thing I was most flat about was not being able to see people. I had a I had a lunch with Sarah and I and four friends, and even that felt risky. <laughs> 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 you know, and then we got to the restaurant, and it was absolutely jam packed. Your birthday, weren't you? It was yeah, the day before. Yeah, I think it was the day Byron before. Byron Shire had germs. Yeah, that's yeah. What Byron Shire. Yeah, so when By- that's a book. When Byron Shire caught a cold, that's what the, that's what um, <laughs> happened there. When we yeah. all ran out of hemp. Yeah, now, totally. Question, PC. Mm. Um, I want to know where were you on Monday? Why weren't you at the footbridge at seven thirty in the morning? Who's asking? On Monday. Well, Eloise oh. Smith asked me that. Really? Um, today because she was in Byronshire on the weekend for her brother's birthday. Oh. And she went to the footbridge to see you and <sighs> waited, had a coffee, and you weren't there Monday morning. Did she send Tell me a us, message? Tell us, mon- what were you doing Monday morning? That was I was frantically. Uh, Eloise is remembering a, a previous habit where I would go to the cafe at 6 in the morning till about 8. And mm-hmm. now, now that we've uh, moved and things have chilled out a bit in life, I was there from about eight thirty till ten. And Eloise, if I had known that you were going to be there, going, wow. I'm, I'm thinking now, did she, she send me messages? So, like, she was so no, she didn't send you a message. She just said I was hoping to see Marcus. Oh. I went down there and I was hoping to see Marcus. And I said, oh. that's weird. He would have been into his second CPC by that time. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I was Where frantically making the kids <laughs> breakfast at that time on Monday morning. No, I did say that. I said <laughs> yeah. that he wouldn't have been on the weekends. He doesn't go on the weekends because um, that's forage. Breakfast that's it. That's sweet and breakfast. It's during the week is eggs and greens, <laughs> and so he would only be there for eggs and greens day. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, everyone. That's it. I love it. Oh, apologies, Eloise, that we didn't get to catch up properly. Um, but yes, Footbridge Brunswick heads. I'm there most days. So, Can I say, like Vicky, yeah. Vicky Stanford? I'm just like jumping. And Eloise, if you listen to this podcast, you've got Marcus's apology. He would have normally been there, so you better try it again next time you go to visit your brother. Yeah. She said actually it was the happiest she's ever seen her brother. So if Eloise's brother is watching the listening to this podcast or watching it, well Eloise done. was bragging that it was the happiest she's ever seen him, which is great. Vicky Stanford says reinventing myself at 62. I love now, that. What I would love to understand what reinventing oneself means and maybe we could do a podcast on that PC. Maybe we could um, interview some people that say they're reinventing themselves and I'd, I'd love to understand, one, 
why you feel you need to reinvent yourself. Two, what it is that you're changing about yourself um, this time around. And three, how do you expect that that's going to make things better in this next um, mm. iteration of your life? So they're the three things I'd love to know. Um, and so if you're listening to this and you want to participate in, mm. in this process, um, I would – I would love to either interview or answer questions or bring you comments into it. If you want to write us an essay, we'll read it. Um, Marcus at marcuspierce.com.au. <laughs> send it through. Um, I'm going to send you a mobile number out there one day. I love it. I love uh, or Damon at damonchristoph.com. You can email me as well. That's totally fine. Um, but please, I'd love to know what you think you need to reinvent to reinvent and why would you reinvent? What are you looking for that's going to be different, et cetera? Et cetera. It's a, it's a um, fascinating conversation. It is a great, great yeah. pickup demo. Um, so Jane Fonda calls it the third act. Um, Wayne Dyer yeah. speaks about this phase around 60-ish about when people begin to reflect on their lives and what do they want for the next because like your mum said, like life is fast. I think there must be a greater sense of spiritual urgency as people get older because they they know they've only got so much time left. That's a great topic of conversation. Like, what is it that brings all of this to the fore? Uh, getting to that uh, cycle of seven, age sixty three. I reckon there's a lot there. She got pushed out of her job. Thought I might as well do some of the things I was always too shy to try. There, isn't that you know that's the age as well. You know, yeah, the gold watch. Seems so ageist, doesn't it? And um, Jackson said to me, uh, I said, what are you doing tonight? Because he's the last exam and Jackson's graduated from um, from university. Jackson's finished uni, PC. Can you believe that? Jackson's finished uni. <laughs> Bachelor of Commerce. Good on him. Well done, done. Jackson. Um, and I said, are you going out tonight? He goes, yep, we're going out and we're going to do a millennial bingo. I've gone, what's millennial bingo? He goes, I think it involves lots of drinking because at our age, our livers work. I'm like, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> you ageist so-and-so. I got stuck in it. Like, yeah. You can't say things like that. At your age, your livers work. Oh, really? So I was <laughs> I reckon my liver works better than what his does given that he's lived three years on campus at university. Yeah. But people can be ageist and not even realize oh, it, right? Totally, so I, see, totally. I got pushed out of my job. I would love to know, does someone – and I don't know this yet because I'm not 50, but does someone at 60 or 70 feel like that they can't work or that they can't earn or do you not want to work or do you not want to earn? What happens at that age? Do you, you know, are you, are you done? What happens mm. there? So these are, the, I'd like to ask these questions. Oh, well, I reckon one day we do a scary episode where we do an add to camera and our listeners can come on and join in and share their stories um, doing out to camera. Um, All right, we will wrap this up because I know we could keep on going and uh, and we we could make it a double episode. There's a lot in here. Let's do another episode on ageism. Let's do another episode on the third act or that 60-plus reinvention. Um, And, yeah, all right, a lot to discuss. Folks, thank you so much for joining us on 100 Not Out. Damo, as always, thanks for your wisdom, great man, and happy birthday from the 100 Not Out community. 48 incredible years. We love you dearly. And Damo, may the rest of your life be the best of your life. Thank you for all of your wisdom. Thank you, PC. Thank you, PC. Thank you so much for making me do this podcast. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Thank you.
<laughs> yeah, the handcuffs are still still tying you down to the desk. He I hasn't hope left. We get another nine more years out of this. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, so for Damo's Wisdom, folks, head on over to damienchristoff.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. Check us out on Facebook. Um, if you're wondering all these people that we're randomly mentioning on this episode, it's because they're joining us live on Facebook over at 100 Not Out. Spell it all out. Um, and on Instagram, it's at 100.NotOut. Until next time, thanks for your support and continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.